Welcome to the Sales Compensation Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association. Welcome to another podcast episode from the CPSA. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and today I'm going to be talking with Dave Johnston from the Sales Resource Group about consultative selling, building rapport, and getting referrals. So specifically, we're going to be talking about that stage once the the prospect has been closed and they are a customer and ways that you can grow that account grow the trust build a long-term relationship and who knows they may even pass extra business your way in the future for sales professionals team leaders and organizations across the country the canadian professional sales association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance the cpsa is the advocate for excellence in sales we invest resources in programming curriculum development and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com. And remember to subscribe to the CPSA podcast through iTunes, Google Play, and more. Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Bill. Uh, I'm looking forward to an interesting chat. So let's start a little bit with the approach. What 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 is professional and ethical sales behavior and what does it mean in the context of maintaining and growing accounts? Well, you know, something relationships um, in business are like any other relationship. Uh, It takes two people to have a relationship uh, and you need to identify the kind of relationship that your, uh, your partner uh, in that relationship is looking for. Uh, so if they're looking for a long-term um, committed relationship um, where you are, there's going to be expectations on both parties, uh, then you have to look at um, the value of that relationship to you and how much you value it, uh, and then determine how much you're prepared to invest in that relationship uh, in order to secure it and to maintain it and s- sustain it long-term. Uh, if the customer is simply looking for a transaction and they're looking for best price, that's not a relationship. Um, What you're looking for with that kind of relationship is identifying the, um, you know, what you need to do in order to secure the business uh, and how much it's going to cost for that and whether or not that cost provides you with the required ROI uh, in order to make the transaction valuable for your business. So again, part of it is to look at the nature of the relationship uh, and uh, what it's going to uh, require from you in order to uh, develop it. And I guess there's also a degree of um, of corporate social responsibility sneaking in there too. The, the people that you're going to be working with, the vendors, partners, employees, and so on and so forth, uh, they have shared values with, with the business. Yeah, and you know what? Transparency is a, an absolute requirement these days. Uh, if if you're trying to do something or your behavior, uh, what you profess and uh, your actions are different, uh, the relationship won't last. Uh, that uh, the ethical sales requirement today uh, is just how business is done. Uh, and if you're not prepared to invest uh, in that kind of relationship, uh, it'll be a short-term relationship, trust me. Now, you're an expert and a coach in some of the harder sales skills, if you will, and, and uh, the, the, the deeper level knowledge. 
and financial acumen that that comes with uh, a successful sales career. So the skills that use that are used to make salespeople effective, like product knowledge, like presentation skills, and developing deep relationships, those those softer skills, they must obviously be complemented with with other competencies. So as a coach of these other competencies, as an expert in, for example, for example, sales comp, um, talk to us a bit now about why these competencies must include being able to understand business and what makes an organization run and how to read a balance sheet and finally how to look at an income statement. Well, you know, the traditional sales skills, the customer service orientation, the presentation skills, the product knowledge, etc. Those are table stakes now. Uh, that's just the entry to get into the game. Uh, differentiating yourself from the uh, other people that want the customer's business is about uh, demonstrating the capability for you and for your organization to add value to the relationship. So when we were talking about uh, developing long-term and sustainable relationships, uh, part of the way that you do that is by demonstrating the knowledge that you have uh, and the capability that you have and you can bring to the situation uh, that demonstrates that uh, you're uh, the preferred uh, provider uh, than the other competition that may be looking for the customer's business as well. So part of that is uh, the, the creativity, part of it is the uh, analytical skills, Part of it is the business acumen, being able to understand their business, uh, and that comes with a whole range of uh, skills and attributes that in the past really uh, were not the forte of many salespeople. Uh, the really good ones, they've always had that capability, but it's becoming now something that's required of all salespeople uh, to be able to add value to the customer situation. Let's now talk a little bit about uh, ways to help develop a sales team's consulting skills. So ha- having the consulting skills to help clients and prospects understand their products will make salespeople more effective in being able to help the customer get to the better buying decision. What factors do you lack, look at uh, when, when you're working with, with partners and, and customers to help give direction and maybe make suggestions around tools um, to achieve more consultative approaches? Well, the, it, it's interesting. When you start to look at the uh, approach that a lot of people use for consultative selling, it tends to be more of how do I package my services to meet the customer's needs? Uh, so needs-based selling uh, is good and it's, uh, it's important uh, but if you want to be a true consultative salesperson, uh, then you need to have the kinds of skills that allow you to be able to dig underneath the covers, to find the root issues, uh, to be able to look at the customer's situation and give them that aha moment that says, this person really understands who we are and where we need to go. And creating that uh, is more about uh, analytics. Uh, sometimes uh, it's important to ask for information before you actually come forward with your uh, recommended approach because 
uh, once you have a little bit of information, uh, it may require you to do a, a some sort of a non-disclosure uh, uh, type agreement up front. But having the information that you can then analyze and come back and say, here is your problem. Because um, very often the customer doesn't know the real problem. Uh, they know the symptom. Uh, they know what's their pain. But they don't necessarily know what's causing the problem. And if you're coming in to uh, provide them with a product solution, that solution better solve the problem. Uh, otherwise, you're not going to get any more work from them. So upfront analytics, having the information necessary to um, perform the uh, analysis, uh, and also doing the gap to say, where are they now to where they want to be and how big is that gap? And how do they fill that gap? How does the solution that we're going to provide fill that gap? and get them to where they need to be. Those are some of the key things uh, that I think are important in terms of the kinds of competencies that salespeople need to be able to bring to the table these days. And in terms of filling some of those gaps, uh, one of the big resources, of course, is to go online and and, uh, and to see what a particular uh, company or particular person's brand is 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 saying how, how important is content day for sales enablement to allow sales pros to be able to continually engage and educate their customers well as i said customers don't always um they they understand their issue but they don't understand what it's going to take to resolve that issue and your content uh, and the processes that you use uh, are the way that you can demonstrate to customers that uh, engaging with you and um, involving your products and services uh, to address the problem that they have uh, is going to lead to a successful outcome. So content is king these days. Uh, part of the reason that I do speaking engagements and that I train salespeople is because uh, that's a way of demonstrating the kinds of expertise that I have. Uh, if you have a product or a service, then you need to be able to have the uh, case studies. You need to be able to look at uh, successful um, um, outcomes that came from working with you for other customers uh, because that demonstrates to the opportunity uh, that you have the capability to really add value to their situation. Now, obviously, we are talking in the context of consultative selling and ongoing account management, and therefore uh, doing things like responding to inquiries in a timely manner and uh, doing everything you can to ensure that you get the right answers and the customer service is great is pretty pretty obvious, I, I would imagine. I, I'm sure you'd agree. Um, so what about throwing into the mix here automation and artificial intelligence? Uh, when When you're when you're managing a big account and you need to make sure that everything is right the first time, every time, should you still be a little bit worried about bringing in automated technologies and, and AI to help? Or are we really at the point now where at some stages uh, thing, things can be handled by the robots? Um, we live in a very, very complex world that um, oftentimes is overwhelming. And in particular today, we have uh, a plethora of information uh, that gets utilized on an ongoing basis in order to help um, organizations make better decisions and 
you know, come out with better outcomes. And as a result of that complexity and the uh, amount of information, having tools that work collaboratively uh, with human intuition and intelligence uh, is absolutely imperative. Now, does that mean that we just turn it all over to the machines? And uh, if that's the case, you probably don't need people. Um, but machines essentially uh, do the administration, the calculation, the um, uh, analytics. Uh, but it's the interpretation of those results uh, where humans have the uh, the upper hand on uh, on automation. And so it's important that when we get the reports uh, that come out, when we take our AI approach and identify the kinds of uh, options that we want to look at, how do we prioritize those? Uh, how do we identify uh, which ones are going to give us the best uh, possible outcome for the customer? Uh, do we need the tools? Yes, definitely we need the tools. When I look back to when I first started selling, um, we didn't have any of the things that we have now. Uh, you know, the ability to communicate uh, effectively, to show the customer different options, to present information in a way that's succinct, uh, but also demonstrates, um, you know, the value that uh, the, you are able to bring to the customer. Uh, these are all things that uh, are supported by technology and are supported by good process, uh, but you still need uh, people that are able to put those things into the words uh, and into the uh, outcomes uh, that customers are really looking for and understand. Okay. Now, let's imagine that uh, uh, one is doing a wonderful job and the, the customer is super happy and uh, there's been lots of upselling happening and the relationship has been going on for a while and it's growing and all the rest of it. Um, do, does Does meeting expectations mean that you're then in a position to ask for referrals and if so uh, any tips in terms of the right etiquette to go about doing that you know uh, i would i would say probably 70 to 80 percent of my business comes from referral uh, so I'll, I'll receive a call and say so and so asked me to uh, phone you because uh, you had expertise in this area um you know good Honest, open communication with your customers uh, allows you to ask them uh, if they know of anybody that's uh, dealing with a similar issue. Uh, it also allows you to uh, talk to them about the kinds of things that you're doing. And, um, you know, I, I've found that uh, my customer relationships uh, have been huge value for me. Uh, and they, uh, the other thing is that people today don't stay 30, 40 years with a, a company, uh, either through their own decision to leave or sometimes uh, changes in management mean that people move on. Uh, when they move on, uh, they go to other sales organizations or other customers, uh, either in the same industry or other industries. Uh, and then they, when they have a problem, they remember who the, the uh uh, salespeople that helped them with that problem were before. So if you've got a good relationship with a customer, you've invested, you've delivered, um, you've met their expectations in the past, that will buy you referrals down the road, uh, both in terms of repeat business, uh, but also referrals uh, for other organizations. 
And just so that I'm clear in terms of what you said there, Dave, um, that means that you're it's okay to ask for the referrals as well, or are you are you suggesting the referrals will come as people change jobs or uh, you come to mind? Well, I think they will come, um, but I also think, um, in particular, when you have strong relationships, uh, it you it buys you the opportunity be, to be able to say, look, if you know of anybody else that's looking for this kind of a solution, um, you know, please uh, feel free to pass my name along. Uh, customers don't mind as long as they know that uh, there's no risk and that you're um, you've been able to to deliver for them in the past. Uh, they're quite usually quite often um, uh, they will actually probably offer. You know, my uh, I know a friend of mine that's in this business and they're struggling with this as well. Maybe I can pass them your name. Uh, but I think you do have the right to be able to ask the customer for a referral if you've done good work. I agree. And that just leaves me with one more question for today. Dave, that is how can our listeners learn more about you? How can they connect with you? And also how can they check out all the wonderful work done over at the sales resource group? Well, if you feel that that's wonderful work, uh, then I, I <laughs> feel comfortable asking you for a referral uh, uh, to be able to have somebody call me at uh, 416-805-0208 uh, at Sales Resource Group or um, contact me via email at Dave D. Johnston rather at salesresourcegroup.ca. And listeners, I'd like to firstly say, Dave, thank you very much for being a guest on the show today. You're quite welcome, Bill, and I look forward to it again. And then I'd like to refer you listeners to uh, other wonderful interviews that we've done with Dave. And Dave's also been the host of a whole series of sales compensation focused shows from the CPSA. So please do check those out on the CPSA website, on iTunes, on Stitcher and all these other wonderful places. And just for today, then, just finally, happy selling. And until next time. Thank you for listening to the Sales Conversation Show. Learn more about the training and benefits from the Canadian Professional Sales Association at cpsa.com.